Welcome to Engage, the podcast show for business owners and managers who are passionate about developing people and growing a successful business. And now here's your host, Alistair Booth from the HR Booth. Welcome to the latest edition of Engage, the HR podcast for business owners and managers. Uh, my name's Alistair Booth and I'm your host for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and this time I'm going to talk about how to build relationships with your trade union or employee representatives. Uh, last week I attended the HR Network Conference in Edinburgh, which is an annual event hosted by Lee Turner from HR Network. Lee also publishes a monthly magazine for HR professionals and the conference last week was very much on culture. I'll share some thoughts on that in the coming weeks, but culture does play a part in the relationships that you have with your, your people and any nominated employee reps. So what I want to do today is really just share some feedback from organisations that I've kind of worked in and really the benefits of building relationships with either trade union reps or nominated employee reps. So I've worked in unionised environments and I've also worked for companies which have had um, established employee forums. Um, some of them have, have worked well, others haven't um, for a, a variety of reasons. So I'll share some insights into that uh, and also my own thoughts on how you can get the best out of, of these relationships. So deciding how you wish to structure relationships with your, your employees can help really benefit your business. If you recognise a, a trade union, then it really is going to benefit your business in terms of you know the, the relationship you have with your people. But also, if you've got a good working relationship with the, your trade union reps, that's really going to help drive, drive that forward. Um, again, union reps will have specific training. So again, you could benefit from their expertise on, on things such as health and safety, um, looking at your, your disciplinary process and, and training and things like that, and really get them involved. Um, so again, if you're a kind of small business, this, getting them involved in, in this process can kind of take some of the pressure off of you a little bit. And again, what, what you can also do is, is get some constructive feedback from your own reps in terms of how perhaps their members are feeling about things, but it also gives you an opportunity to sound them out about, you know, new ways of working, things that you're perhaps considering, get a sense check on, on how morale is, what the feedback is in, in your organisation. So you can really, you know, benefit from having a good relationship with your, with your trade union. Uh, although trade unions will, will look after the interests of their own members, they also recognise the advantages of or worth working in partnership with, with you, the employer. So obviously a successful business, uh, which is profitable, is, is going to be good for the employees, um, and that's obviously going to be good for the union and, and its own members. So it really is in the union's membership to have a, a productive workforce and a profitable business. Uh, as I said, I've worked in, in organisations where you know union representation has has been there, and the relationships with the management team and 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 the reps, you know, I've seen it and from both sides. One, you know, been been really positive, but I've also worked in an organisation where it's been counterproductive, and partly, you know, that that was due to you know the union reps and I guess the employees not trusting the management team, uh, but also there, there was perhaps a, a culture where the management team didn't really involve the union, so that led to, to kind of mistrust, poor engagement and a bit of resentment. So that relationship didn't really exist and anything that that business was, was trying to achieve, you know, if, if they were trying to negotiate or consult with the union, it just it didn't get 
past the post really because the relationship with the, the reps just wasn't wasn't there. But I've also seen it from the other side where you know it, it can be really positive. So you know and that that's you know working in partnership with with the trade union reps, uh, catching up over over a coffee, you know, and informal discussions, but also kind of formal discussions. And if you build that relationship, they're going to be more open to, to suggestions, but also more more open to kind of giving you some specific feedback in terms of what you do with your with your business. If you recognise a, a trade union in your, your organisation, then the chances are you'll have what's known as a, a collective agreement. And that is really where the the union and yourself as the, as the business owner or the, the director, you bargain about terms and conditions of employment. Um, and that will include things like, you know, perhaps looking at, you know, pay scales, pay reviews. Um, you, you'll have things like if, if there was a downturn in, in the workload around, you know, redundancies or, you know, kind of short-term work in these types of things then what you would then be doing is is working with the collective agreement that's in place and kind of having consultation and, and informed discussions with the, the trade union reps that, that are recognised. There's some good information on the ACAS website regarding collective agreements and what I'll do is I'll include that in the show notes for you to, to refer to but it's got some really good information there so I highly recommend that you take some time to, to read over that especially if you do have a, a collective agreement in place or you recognise a trade union or it's something you, you are thinking about. Uh, but basically a collective agreement is between the recognised trade union or a group of unions and the employer um, and most typically they'll, they'll set out things like as I said terms and conditions of employment so that include things like pay, benefits, pension, working time, etc. Uh, and that will also be included in the employment contract where you'll state that there is a collective agreement in place. So that means that if you are looking to negotiate the, any kind of pay review or any change, you would do that through the nominated um, trade union reps. So that's basically what it is. But a collective agreement is, isn't enforceable unless it's in writing and you kind of state what is meant to be legally enforceable. So a collective agreement would be in writing and you would agree that with the trade union in terms of what's going to be covered. As part of your, your relationship with, with the trade union, what you'll do is you'll, under certain circumstances, you will look to inform and consult, and there are certain legal obligations that you would have to kind of consult on. So, for example, if you were looking at collective um, redundancies or potentially looking to transfer the business to a new owner, or, you know, you're introducing or changing occupational pension schemes or anything under health and safety, then you do have a duty to inform and consult. So having established trade union reps allows you to kind of have these discussions with these these reps. Um, however, you may have a voluntary agreements in place and what you would then do is look to set up a specific kind of committee or working party to look at specific issues as and when they, they come up. Other areas that, that trade union reps will get involved with is perhaps acting as a companion to um, employees at either a disciplinary or, or a grievance hearing. Uh, I quite often get asked um, from some of my clients that they're, you know, they're arranging a disciplinary and you know Jimmy is asked to bring his union rep but we don't recognise a union so I'm just going to tell them you know, not to bring his union rep and, and what I then advise is that that is, isn't the case. Even if you don't have a, a collective agreement in place or any recognition of, of a trade union if an employee wishes to bring a trade union rep along to such meetings, then you have to you have to accommodate that. Uh, refusing such a request could land you in um, serious bother, because obviously an individual has a statutory right to be accompanied at these these types of meetings. And if you refuse it, then you know they could actually raise a, a claim to a, a, an employment tribunal. And if it's been a kind of serious disciplinary where you've then potentially dismissed, the individual then could argue that the fact that they ref refused representation actually played a part in their in 
in their dismissal. So, you know, it could be quite kind of serious. So even if you don't recognise a trade union, always make sure that if an employee asks to be accompanied by a trade union rep at these types of meetings, a disciplinary or a grievance, that you make sure that that is, is accommodated. Now, a lot of the businesses that I work with um, don't recognise a, a trade union and a lot of the kind of smaller kind of SME type businesses perhaps don't have um, trade unions in place. However, it can still be really useful to create what's kind of called either an employee forum or an employee committee and have kind of nominated employee reps in, from different areas of the business to discuss similar issues that you would perhaps discuss with a, you know, a trade union. But the difference is that it's not a collective agreement, but you can really get some, some you know, good good um, outcomes from from these types of meetings um, and you know I've worked for a, for a few businesses where they had employee forums in place and I've seen some good practice on that so where you have a, an employee forum in place it's really up to you as the, the kind of management or the, the director of the business to, to to kind of really shape the agenda for an employee forum um, I've seen examples where employee forums have, have worked really well uh, but I've also seen examples where they, they haven't worked so well and that's included the, the director or the owner who is chairing the employee forum who has perhaps cancelled that at last minute uh, because perhaps something more important has come up and all that does is really send a message out that your, your people are not important, people lose faith and if you're, if you're chairing these types of meetings and if you see that as a chore then really what you kind of put in is what you get out so if, that, if that's your kind of mindset and what you know the way you approach these types of meetings and that's a culture that you've created then they're not really going to help kind of shape your, your business and, and drive that, that forward. So I've seen, I've seen examples where employee forums exist and, you know, things that get discussed have included things like, you know, whilst they may be important, it's things like, you know, there's perhaps not been enough toilet roll in, in, in the toilets. They've discussed the issues around the, the kind of state of the car park or the, the canteen. All things which yeah, are, are fairly important, but if you've got an owner or a director of a business and you've got, if you've got their ear for a couple of hours every month or every couple of months to discuss matters coming from an employee forum, then for me it would make more sense to discuss um, strategic business issues and really where, where these types of facility type issues are raised, then it's really up to you as the owner or the chairperson of these forums to set that agenda. Um, and, I, and I'd be inclined to, to kind of get that from, from day one. So it's really up to you to kind of set the expectation around what you want the meetings to, to achieve and the type of culture that you want to kind of create from, from these meetings. Um, it's good practice to drop some terms of reference or I've seen it referred to as, as a constitution, which is just kind of written terms around the purpose of the employee forum, the roles and responsibilities of the, the, the management reps and the employee reps, how often you're, you're going to meet the types of things that are going to be discussed at the meeting. Uh, and also what, what I have seen work really well is you can actually get some free training from, from ACAS who will cover a half day session on the role of an employee rep, uh, which that allows you to get the best out of your, your employee forum. Uh, and you can also add into your, your constitution or terms of reference, uh, a kind of terms of office. So if you've got say half a dozen employee reps in, in your business, you can kind of set some, some timescales on there around how you know, how long they're going to serve. So that allows you to perhaps have a, a limit of a year to 18 months, for example. And what you can then do is then get other reps involved in, in that process. So it keeps it fresh uh, and gets different people involved in the, in the process. Uh, and it's also important if you are doing training with your, your employee reps, to you know, kind of let them let them know that they're there to represent their colleagues and not their own kind of self-interest. So I have seen that on a, on occasion where employee reps have come forward and have raised issues.
issues that are kind of specific to them, but what they're there to actually do is represent their colleagues. So it's important for you to kind of set that agenda from, from day one. So whether you have um, trade unions or a kind of nominated employee rep, it's, you know, successful business relationships with, with your employees and, and your people is about really striking, striking a balance. I guess from an employer's point of view, you know, employee relations is, is about having that, that kind of right to manage. So the ability to, to kind of plan for the future, try and make the company successful, make profits for your shareholders if you have shareholders um, and, and, and try and, you know, make, make the business successful. Uh, but I guess from an employee's point of view or, a, or a, an employee rep's point of view, they want to try and secure the best possible conditions for, for, for their their. Um, their colleagues so that might be around you know wages working conditions all of that but all of that you know if you've got positive working relationships that is ultimately going to lead to a, to a successful successful business uh, where employees aren't happy with working conditions you know what I've seen there is that you know it manifests itself in things like you know kind of high staff turnover. So you have a lot of people leaving the business. You see things like poor timekeeping, high levels of, of absence, poor engagement, people not performing to, to a set standard, and all of that is you know reflective in terms of what what the customers see, um, and that discontent will, will lead to things like poor complaints, poor service, loss of customers, etc. And all of that is going to impact on, on your bottom line. So I I, re I really would stress it's important to, to try and build good relationships with your, your your employee reps, and you know share some specifics with them. You can share some financial information, get some ideas from them in terms of you know ways in which you can, the business can save money, ways in which the, the business can generate money, and and involve people in, in that process and celebrate some success um, and wh where you have regular meetings you know you might have something in place that you're going to meet every couple of months but there's nothing to stop you having a catch up informally with, with your trade union reps or your employee reps over a coffee or, or whatever just to kind of discuss anything that you know might be on, on your mind or things that you're thinking about considering or if you've had an influx of customer complaints or you know feedback from customers there's an opportunity to kind of share some of that and get get their feedback because ultimately they're the ones that are in the in, in the coal face and, and and understand some of the issues that that may be coming up so i think it's a good thing you know and and you know if if, if you don't have nominated employee reps in place or some kind of forum where you can discuss it you can have an informal arrangements and you know i'd encourage you to, to kind of do that because it's a great way to capture some some feedback and it just creates a kind of positive culture in, in, in the workplace. Other areas where you can benefit is if you're perhaps looking at, you know, um, getting some feed, you get real-time feedback. So, you know, issues that are coming up at that time, you can you can kind of act on it. If you're thinking about testing a new product or, or a new service, you can kind of sound out your, your employee reps to say, this is what we're thinking and get some feedback. And they might tell you it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and, and here's the reasons why. Or they could actually give you a really good suggestion and you, something you've not considered. So, you know, I really encourage you to kind of take that, take that feedback on board. So that, that's probably all I want to say at, at the moment on employee reps and trade union reps. Um, what, what I would kind of say is that, you know, it's, it's about building positive relationships uh, with, with your people. Um, and if you have any good examples of good practice you'd like to share, then, then please get in touch. You can contact me via the normal channels. My email address is alistair.booth at thehrbooth.co.uk. You can contact us via the website, uh, which is www.thehrbooth.co.uk, or you'll find me on Twitter, and my username there is the HR Booth. 
So thanks for listening. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to be sharing some other information around culture uh, over the, the, the coming weeks. So if there's anything specific you, you want to hear, any good practice you want you want to kind of share, then, then please do get in touch. And it would also be great if you would take a few moments, if, if you like the what you're hearing, um, to leave a review, which allows other business owners and, and managers to kind of find the, these podcasts. And, you know, that, that all kind of helps. So it does, it does mean a lot for, for people to kind of get in touch and, and leave a, a review. It does make it does make it worthwhile so thanks for listening and i look forward to catching up with you soon